Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Rancho Cordova podcast, brought to you by the Rancho Cordova Film Office. My name is Cheryl Gleason, and I am your guest host for the Art and Culture podcast. We're very excited to bring you the arts and culture around the area of Rancho Cordova and beyond. Today, my guest is Marsha Mason. I met Marsha years ago when I was an artist and she was an artist. Prior to Rancho Cordova Arts becoming a 501c3 and before we had the Mac, so much has changed and the arts have blossomed. So let's get into it and let's meet Marsha Mason. Marsha, I've been looking forward to this. So this is our first episode. You're the very first victim, I mean guest, <laughs> on arts and culture. So let's tell the viewers a little bit about you. Where did you grow up? Tell us a little bit about your childhood. I grew up in the Pacific Northwest in a family of entrepreneurs. And I had the most wonderful childhood as far as art goes. My mother let me paint on my bedroom walls. Wow. Yes. So I had a target. I had a poem. I had water dripping from the ceiling, all in tempera. Wow. Man, to have that kind of freedom as a child, everybody else is getting their hands slapped and you're just like going for it. Oh, yeah. We had three-dimensional things, too. We built forts in the the rec room out of uh, card tables and boxes and blankets. And we we dug out forts in the backyard with scrap uh, wood. It was, it was really great. Awesome. And yeah. whereabouts in the Pacific Northwest? Halfway between Seattle and Tacoma in Kent, Washington. Oh, yes. I'm familiar with Kent. Yep. When we moved there, there were 3,000 people. And when I left, there were 30,000. And now there's about 150,000, I think. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. Wow. So, um, what what were some of your first jobs? Did you did you go to college? I did. I went to Whitman College for a couple of years, and, or and then I went to uh, uh, UC Davis to finish up in landscape architecture. So I, I'm not sure I knew that you were an Aggie, or oh, that it yes. has slipped my mind. Yep. Go Aggies. Yep. Okay. Moved here in 1976 and have loved it ever since. And I. Just remember, the reason I came is because we can grow red tomatoes here. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, so you came to California and you studied landscape architecture. What Did you work in landscape architecture for a long time? Tell me a little bit about like your work that you did right after college. Uh, well, I was doing residential designs, a lot of them in Ranch Cordova, because that was the edge of development at that time. Oh, wow. What yeah. what year was that? Mm, I graduated in 1980. Okay. So, right. yeah. So I had uh, 16 clients, residential clients when I graduated, and um, went on from there, got an apprenticeship, and became a landscape architect in 84, and, um, yeah, worked in... Uh, Private practice, uh, had my own business for four years later on, uh, worked at the state of California at Caltrans, oh, nice. uh, ultimately as a policy wonk, and um, <laughs> and uh, also taught at UC Davis for a few semesters. Really? Yeah. Landscape architecture? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How exciting to be it able was. to go to a school and then come back as a professor. How, I mean, how, 
It was just a lecture. Okay. <laughs> but that's still. Yeah. Really exciting. It was. It was good. How was your uh, time at UC Davis? Oh, I loved it. Um, when I uh, came to uh, to uh, give my portfolio so that I they chose people to be in the program, it right. was juried. I was juried in. <laughs> I I had the funkiest portfolio I'm sure they had ever seen. I had purple paper that I drew a loom that I had constructed. I included a pillow that I had dyed all the yarns for it and made on that loom and to show them that I could think in three dimensions and um, solve problems synergistically. Wow. So, yeah, so that was that they could tell that I could do that from my funky portfolio. That's awesome. That's it would awesome. never pass muster now. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think that it's uh, I think it probably would. Well, the purple paper. How can you lose? Right? <laughs> so how was art always something you obviously you got to paint and, and oh, yes. draw on the wall, but did, you never went to art school. Uh, I didn't, but I had art classes at college. In, and I still remember um, when we made our handprints in kindergarten, when we wove paper to make baskets in May, when we crumpled crepe paper to make hyacinths on a piece of construction paper. I remember all those great projects. Isn't it funny that um, those are the kind of things that I remember. I remember <laughs> making a teepee in Ooh. third grade out of uh, uh, paper bags that you just rubbed together and it created oh. a look of leather. Ooh. And to, to this day, those those things still stand out. Oh, isn't that fun? Isn't it great? Yes. <laughs> so um, do you think – well, I'm going to come back to that – when did you start saying to yourself, I want to do art on a regular basis? Oh, for 20 years before I retired in 2009, I knew that I wanted to take up watercolor when I retired. Why I, watercolor? Oh, the way that you can express the light in watercolor, those yummy, gorgeous washes of paint, they're just... Oh, it's just so beautiful. I mean, I there's so many, so much art is beautiful, but that one touches my soul. That's great. That yeah. is the one that scares me the most. <laughs> well, you can't control it quite as much. That's the as problem. The, yeah. yeah, that is the problem. And you can't really paint over very well either. That's the other problem. Uh -huh. This is why I've never gotten into it. Yeah. Um, so did you take any classes? How did you sort of form your skill set? I did. Uh, I took a year of class up at uh, San Juan Unified Adult uh, education program okay. uh, from a woman named Denise Mata, who was wonderful. And uh, because of that, I had a small portfolio that uh, when I went to a gallery that used to be up in Fair Oaks, this lovely um, older woman, Kathy Young Ross, said, I want to see your portfolio. Bring it in. And I thought she was just being nice. So I didn't. And when I saw her again, she said, I want to see your portfolio. So I brought it in. I thought she was serious then. And it turns out that she had already had a group of women coming every Thursday to her home to 
um, make watercolor art. And then at every week, they would have a critique session. And so I joined that in 2010. And uh, the rest is history. That's where I really got some artistic skills. Now, I know this group you speak of. Um, tell us who Kathy Young Ross was. Oh, Kathy Young Ross uh, was this amazing, vibrant woman. She had a career in uh, illustration, and uh, she, which is very common for great artists to have had that. And then she got into fine art, and she was a lovely watercolorist, uh, very, very good at it. And she had an amazing eye for what you ha needed to fix in a painting. And that's where we learned about, uh, about values, uh, meaning dark and light, uh, how you use that to make a focal point, uh, your use of color, uh, composition was a big thing, and it all just helped us grow so much faster than we could have without it. It was great. Now, um, Kathy Young Ross has since passed away. It's been two, three years now, been I think. been a while, yeah. Three or four years. And we started the library, the lending library of art books, uh, in her honor uh, up at the MAC, the Mill Station Arts and Culture Center. And... That group is still going on. It is. And how many years has it been going on now? Uh, well, I think it's probably close to 30 years. That is amazing. Yes, yes. That is amazing. So, yeah. um, I, I know that this group meets at the MAC um, because I'm there every Thursday. <laughs> um, but uh, people probably don't know that... Whether you're a person in the community, whether you're um, a teacher who teaches at one of our schools here in Rancho Cordova, they can come and borrow books from this very expansive library at mm -hmm. any point in time. Yes, and uh, anyone who has art books that they uh, no longer want on their shelves can donate them to the library, and we love that. Yeah. So um, how did you get involved in the uh, the arts in Rancho Cordova? Well, I was invited to a meeting by Shelley Blanchard from Cordova Community Council. Shelley's the executive director. and uh, How did you meet Shelley? I'm, I can't remember, actually. <laughs> but I'm glad I did. <laughs> She's a good person to know. Yes, yeah, she is. And um, it, the city had decided that they wanted to incubate the arts organizations. They wanted them to incorporate, they wanted them to be their own entities, and they wanted them to participate in the public events that Ranch Cordova has every year. And that's what they did. It took, oh, maybe seven years for this informal group that had been invited to Shelley's offices uh, to figure things out. But in 2018, we were able to incorporate as a 501c3 charitable a public benefit nonprofit. And that's what we are now. Wow. And um, just full disclosure for everybody, uh, Marsha was uh, our first president. Yes. I am the current president <laughs> for Rancho Cordova Arts. But, Marsha, you were 
let's just say, more than instrumental at uh, making sure that we were a nonprofit. Um, tell us about the what's involved in becoming a nonprofit. Uh, it helped that I had worked in the bureaucracy because it didn't scare me to fill out a whole lot of forms and figure figure out uh, how to write bylaws and all that stuff. And so. isn't it true that uh, even on your vacations and camping trips, <laughs> you were writing and doing paperwork for our nonprofit? You know, I never told anybody this uh, in public, but when I went on the uh uh, camping trip to Pinnacles with some friends. They took a hike the day that I worked on the paperwork for our 501c3, and they saw condors up close, and I didn't. That is something you never can get back. Well, I saw them fly overhead, and they were so huge, but they saw them up close. So, yes, you have to make sacrifices sometimes. <laughs> well, uh, all of Rancho Cordova Arts thanks you for the sacrifice, <laughs> and, and uh, I now see condors in a very different light because even <laughs> I did not know that uh, about you. Um, now, last year you won an award. Ooh. For yes. the volunteer award, what was that uh, award for? Oh my gosh, it was such an honor. Um, the mayor of uh, Rancho Cordova, Linda Budget, that time, uh, awarded me the we we couldn't have done it without you award, and um, that was really cool because I've always felt like I was getting paid in psychic dollars, but <laughs> to get that award and really be acknowledged for the work that went into um, making this happen was just really gratifying. And I appreciate it so much. Yeah, it was a, it was a great, uh, amazing night. It was. Um, do you think that artists have to go to art school in order to become great artists? Ooh, that's a very good question. I have been taking workshops online through um, a company that tries to replace the atelier experience oh. with uh, bringing in the very best artists. And I uh, just finished four days of watercolor, a watercolor convention. They have plein air one in the spring. They do realism in the fall. They do pastels in the summer. But um, it's really overwhelming how much information there is. But when you do that, and I, this is the fourth watercolor convention I've been to, uh, you really understand what the great artists do to get where they are. One is they put miles on the brush, they call it. They are painting every day if they can. And some of them do it for hours every day. And that's how you get miles on your brush. They uh, emphasize composition and value, uh, the, the darks and the lights, and how you use those to to bring the eye into the painting and have it move around and focus on whatever the star of your painting is uh, and just peak interest through emotion, um, capturing the feeling of something and painting the things that move you, 
those are the thing, the key things I, I take away, besides all the little techniques they have and, you know, the special brushes that you really can't paint without. And <laughs> Right? Yeah, we love our art supplies. <laughs> oh, I know. You know, I used to think that uh, my friends and I, we, you know, when we were doing triathlons and biking and things, we were called uh -huh. the gear gals. Uh -huh. But they have nothing on artists because if there's some <laughs> new paint or brush or product we're all about it oh yes um so watercolor is your favorite of mm -hmm. but do you do you do other forms and other mediums of art i do and uh the first one i want to tell you about is my uh travel art journals and oh, I the, love those. Okay, the first one was when you and I took a trip to your hometown up in Idaho, and it's uh, ink and watercolor, and I get a really good sketchbook that you can paint on both sides of the paper with, and um, just try and keep it up every day, which uh, is hard to do, but that's but it's really fun, and um, I I look back at those and have just the best reminder of what a great time I had traveling. Uh, so there's that. And then uh, I do some acrylic and oil painting, and I've done some three-dimensional things, too. I, uh, my only best of show was at the Suffragette show at the MAC a few years back, 100th anniversary, I think, in yeah. 21. Uh, it was uh, walking in our grandmother's footsteps and I used some old tennis shoes that I attached the tops of some leather boots that were great-grandmother's antique things and then had some really bright fabric in there and, yeah, had some messages and an ode to uh, Ruth G Bader Ginsburg. And, yeah, it was it was fun. It was a really great piece. Yeah, it, was, it was a really great piece. Great. And it was uh, 2020. I think. 2020? Okay. And um, because I remember you priced it for $20.20. Yes, I did. Because and it sold. I, I didn't have room at home, so I wanted it to move. <laughs> um, what do you like to paint? Like, are you someone who is has specific? Do you have a style, per se? And if so, how has your style changed over the years? Ooh, people say I have a style, but I don't really see it myself. Um, I am attracted to so many things. I'd have to say things are pretty eclectic. Uh, and I, during the pandemic, I sort of got stopped. It, my creative, my creativity just sort of went blah. And so just now I'm starting to pick things up again um, you, the, you, for the big stuff. Yeah, you bring up a good question. So um, for a lot of us, uh, inspiration comes from our experience, mm -hmm. from what we see. So uh, I know for a lot of artists or even hobbyists, the pandemic was a chance to pick something up again mm -hmm. that you know, because they had time. Mm -hmm. um, for a lot of artists, I think it was very difficult because they weren't out having the experiences mm -hmm. that charged their artwork. Would oh, you say that was your case? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Being homebound was not as inspirational as 
being out and about. I love to go new places. Yeah. But you said something about seeing, and I heard this great quote lately that just makes so much sense. An artist, for an artist, it doesn't matter what you look at. It's what you see that makes the difference in your art. Wow. Yeah. Hence the practice of drawing, because we have these preconceived notions of what a tree looks like. It's a big green ball on a stick. But when you look at a tree, you have to get rid of all those preconceived notions to to really see what is there and express it. It's it's so true. It's yeah. so true because when you look at nature, nature mm-hmm. is not perfect. It's no. all over the place. And yes, and it's so complex. You have to simplify. <laughs> Very much so. Absolutely. Um, who are some of your influences? Like, do you have influences that are people you know versus influences that are old masters or current uh, artists that you look look to? I mean, who are some of your influences? Uh, I would say every single time I go to a museum and look at art, I am influenced. Uh, even if I don't particularly care for it, I see ideas there that sometimes seem worth pursuing. I'm always, always inspired by uh, going to new places and seeing, seeing new things. Yeah, I think it's interesting. There are people who like to look at art, who want to see something they like, and then there are other people that see things they like within art. But uh-huh. it's not necessarily something they would ever have hanging on their wall. Ah. But they appreciate it. So uh-huh. there are those that I don't want to look at this for too long because I don't really like it. Uh-huh. And then there are those that look at it because they see interesting things and can imagine so much more. Yes, yes. And become inspired by it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's it's the paring down of the ideas that's the hard part because there are so many beautiful things in the world. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It really is too. Yeah. Too much for for you get so I think when you're a visual person, we get oh, there's so much overstimulation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that it that it gets sometimes it gets you stuck. It does. I call that visual overload. And the first time I really uh, pinned that one down is when I went to a four-story fabric store, Brytex, in San Francisco, looking for a particular fabric. And by the time I got to the area that had that fabric in it, I could not make any decisions because I was so visually overloaded. (laughs) So have you ever been stuck as an artist? Yeah. Um, and uh, how did you get out of it? What What is your way to get unstuck? Uh, my way is to do something small. And uh, what's small for you? Because I want to give a for a muralist, a small painting is like four <laughs> by five uh, for uh, someone who's Normally, its biggest is an 11 by 14. We won't mention any names. <laughs> uh, you know, it's doing a 2 by 2 or a 3 by 3. Yeah. I'd say 6 by 6 and smaller. 
And there is a reason I say six by six, because every year Rancho Cordova Arts has a fundraiser where artists donate six inch by six inch paintings. And to have uh, such a good cause uh, for that is an impetus to make something for somebody else. And so that lets you get out of yourself. It's because it's not for you. It's not for competition. It's a gift to Ranch Cordova Arts that it goes to auction, and then the money goes to buy school supply or um, not school supplies, art supplies for school kids in Ranch Cordova, and that is a way to get out of yourself for me. Uh, and do something. It's so funny. That's exactly how I. <laughs> that's, I I keep six by sixes in the in my studio because when I am stuck, I do go to that oh, as do? well. Oh wow! And so if I can't seem to figure, it's also mm-hmm. a way to develop a new technique mm-hmm. or try out some things that I really don't care about. If yeah. it if if it it's not for a particular show. Yes. It doesn't have a theme. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's funny that you do that, too. I thought I was the only one. I feel so much better now. Oh, yeah. Oh, and when I read uh, art books, I get ideas. Um, I bought a Richard Mayhew art book, and uh, he uses very bright colors for his landscapes. And um, that's just totally scary to me. <laughs> But it's just fun to do a small one. And, um, yeah, I did one uh, similar to his work uh, in, I think it was last year's. So, yeah, it's it's really cool to do that. That's, that's fun. <laughs> um, do you have other interests that you do that inspire your work and inspire you to, to paint? I'd say... Uh, Oh, boy. Just living where we do uh, with—you can grow anything here. So the garden and the landscape is very inspirational. And then we have a little courtyard off the kitchen where we have uh, bird feeders, hummingbirds come, Buick's wrens, white-crowned sparrows, uh, little uh, titmice, and— Two kinds of toeys. It's oh, and a, and a scrub jay. <laughs> it's awesome. It's just awesome. Nature, nature inspires me. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Nature is such a, a big inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, how how important is art in our society? Do you think? Oh my gosh. I know that's a big question. It is. Uh, the first time I went to Rome, I noticed that their infrastructure, the ancient infrastructure, was very beautiful. The public fountains were beautiful. And I had been working at the state, and I thought, why can't we do more than the minimum? Why can't we do the optimum? Why can't we make things beautiful? And uh, 
I was fortunate I was able to start and run a program at the state that did just that. It was called the Transportation Enhancement Activities. And I had that program for eight years, and we made beautiful things as part of the infrastructure. And I, I'm just so grateful for that opportunity. Are there any that uh, we would recognize today that are still around? Well, yes. As a matter of fact, um, I believe we put about a million dollars in to help move the two-story historic building. Da-da-da-da, the Mac. Yay! (laughs) So, yeah, so that, yeah, that's the top of my list. Awesome. Any others that? uh... Oh, train stations up and down the state. Uh, historic preservation on those, uh, lots and lots of bike bridges and bike and pedestrian facilities, So and beautiful ones. So, yeah, it's really cool. So you not only did work in this area, but throughout the state. Uh-huh. Oh, that's amazing. It was always the local agencies who would uh, have the projects uh, in their in their queue. And um, Linda Budge actually was very instrumental in getting that money to Ranch Cordova for that purpose. Yeah. What's one thing you'd like to see in Rancho Cordova that, that we don't have that would be something very artful? I, I'd love it if we had something like a downtown. And uh, art would certainly be part of that. But... Uh, in lieu of that uh, pipe dream, I think that the efforts at the Mills Crossing, it's on the north, well, it's right by the Folsom um, Community College building at the uh, northeast northwest corner of um, Mather Field Road and Folsom Boulevard. There's a 10-acre site there that's going to be multiple-use, residential and commercial and public spaces there. And that is part of the art block that was identified in the Strategic Arts Plan in Rancho Cordova. And uh, that is going to be an artful space. We have placemaking people who are working with the city to make that happen. Yeah. You have been very instrumental um, in the arts. You've, from the beginning, whether it was the city hall shows, which were Mm -hmm. the foundation of where art began Mm -hmm. in Rancho Cordova, Mm -hmm. um, putting up those rails and having uh, four shows a year. We're now on our uh, going, finishing our 12th year. Wow. Right? Wow. Does it seem like it's been that long? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Twelve years ago, did you ever think that we would be where we are now in terms of the the different art projects that Rancho Cordova is undertaking with between we have the Art at City Hall. The Mac is now six years old, um, which I can't believe has flown by (laughs) like – so fast. I I kind of feel like it's the matrix sometimes. (laughs) Um, We've got the Mills Crossing coming online. We've done art boxes, I think, two years in a row now. Mm -hmm. The utility boxes. The utility boxes, Mm -hmm. the smud boxes. Did you ever think then that we would be coming to this? Or did you see that Rancho Cordova was going to 
have this artful niche one day. Absolutely. The commitment of the city and of Cordova Community Council is so strong and consistent. I knew that this was going to be a winner. And uh, this this is an unusual city in that they know what it what makes a great town to live in and and work in and play in and go to school in and they put their money where their mouths are yeah so yes i also um having been from the northwest i uh downloaded all of the city of seattle's art uh information they have 40 people on staff up there to do public art and man they're just nailing it it's an amazing place. And so yeah, I had I had a vision for what this could be and I have to say that people like Shelley Blanchard and people like you at the Mac are doing incredible things. You guys are unicorns <laughs> <laughs> with with very special skill sets that are essential for any place to ha- make things happen. Yeah, I think people are amazed uh, that there's mm-hmm. so much going on in, in Rancho Cordova. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, I've got a few lightning round questions for you. Um, just some questions that, you know, every artist knows the answer to, so you're, it's, it's not going to stump you or anything. (laughs) Who is your favorite artist? John Singer Sargent. (laughs) What is it about his work? Oh my gosh. Have you ever seen a dress painted white? And when you look at it, it's like so many other colors, just fabulous. Anyway, yes, John Singer Sargent, all of his work. I love it. <laughs> nice. Um, what is the favorite piece of art of yours that you've created? Oh. I know that people are not supposed to have, like, that favorite child. You're not supposed to say it out loud. But everybody, oh, every see. artist has that favorite painting of theirs or that favorite sculpture. Oh, God. You make that. That's a hard one. Um, After I, I ask like some hard questions. Yeah, I do. I like different things for different reasons. The first painting I put in a show and was it was juried in. That's a favorite piece. That's poppies, and actually that's on a utility box on the way to uh, Riverbend Park, uh, and on Rod Beaudry Drive, and. Uh, I'd have to say my black cat red chair, which is about my kitty Jiro, um, is a favorite. Jiro would sit up on the top of a wing chair and just stare. Jiro was a starer, and <laughs> and I love that piece still. That is my favorite piece of yours. Oh, so thank you. Thank you. I, I, I absolutely love that. Um, what? is the next thing you want to conquer in your art career? Is there a a new medium you'd like to try? Is there this piece that you've sort of put off because it seems so daunting? It's oil. It's oil painting. Uh, I know a lot of paper learning, but I need to put a brush to paint to canvas and... Need some miles on that brush. I need some miles on my brush, yep. 
but I'm ready. I'm so ready. <laughs> so does uh, things like doing the watercolor live help mm-hmm. for all aspects of your art? It does. It does. Yeah, uh, because the basics of art about... Uh, you know, varying your edges, contrasting warm and cool colors, um, focusing on the star of your painting, capturing a mood, all of that. It can be applied to all art, really. Doesn't matter the medium. It does not. Two-dimensional, three-dimensional. Yeah, Yeah. very special. Um, Do you find it easy to critique your own work? Uh, yes, but I really appreciate having fresh eyes on my work um, because people see different things. And uh, I can't overestimate, uh, I can't overstate the importance of critiques for learning art quicker because you are getting input on the problems you're trying to solve in your art. Um, it's really amazing. And you and I are going to teach class soon on critiquing, which is going to be invaluable for the people who take it up. Yes. So on February 17th, Saturday, Saturday, uh-huh. the 17th, Marsha and I will be conducting a class at the MAC on how to critique art. And we're going to be giving you some Uh, insights and language so that you can start developing the thought process and how to go about Mm -hmm. critiquing your own art. Because I think that Mm -hmm. really that is where artists grow. Mm -hmm. Um, When you're new or you're just beginning, you, you know you don't like it, but you don't know why. Right. And you don't have the questions right. to ask yourself, why is this not working? Why do I not like it? And so we're going to try to give you some of those answers. And, and hopefully this becomes a uh, more than a once uh, a time we might even work into something. Not promising anything. <laughs> I'm not promising anything, Shelley. But <laughs> that we work into something where we can have a critique once a month. Oh, yes. And you can come in and yeah. get fresh eyes on a piece. Right. And I hope people bring the uh, piece of artwork with them that, uh, for critique when they come to the workshop. Too. Absolutely. Yeah. Don't bring a four-by-five-foot painting, but uh, <laughs> something a little smaller would be great. What's one thing you wish you would have known you that you know now that you would have wish you would have known 10 years ago about creating art that would have made things easier i wish i had known about how colors that are grayed down will make a color that's very saturated very bright um pop Okay. Well, Marsha Mason, thank you so much um, for being on. It was a delight. You know, I've known you for years, but I learned new things. (laughs) Um, And uh, you are such an amazing artist. Do you have a website for the listeners that they could go to see some of your work? I do. It's a a bit out of date, but I'll work on that. It's MarshaMasonWorks.com. Okay, that's a wrap. 
Thank you for listening to the Rancho Cordova podcast. My name is Cheryl Gleason, your guest host for Arts and Culture. We'll see you next time.